races Cause on the 9th of June 1862 On a summer's afternoon I took the bus to Bamberg's And she was heavy laden The way we went along Collingwood Street That's on the road to Bladen Hello and welcome to CHN Radio episode 92. I'm your host Greg Troxell and I am back from the long-awaited vacation. I know some of you are upset about that and you're going to miss the solo Elijah pods, but you're going to have to be stuck with me for now. Um, So I'll introduce the man who's taken the reins of the ship for the last week and thank you for that. The best damn co-host in the land, Elijah Newsom. Yes, and happy anniversary to Greg. Congrats on being able to fornicate. So congrats to you. Shout out to Greg. Yes, yes, it's fun. Yeah, um, I wouldn't know. So <laughs> anyway, uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter and get all the hottest takes um, and all the funniest tweets and all the great things like that, you can follow me at Elijah underscore Newsome. Greg, where can they follow you? Don't, don't do it. Uh, don't, don't follow, <laughs> follow me at nufc underscore greg um and follow our wonderful twitter account at chn underscore radio this is the underscore gang in the building um it's true well while i was in hawaii i missed mm. at flex flex on that um yeah i missed two matches i missed you did chelsea and wolves i didn't see i've only seen the extended highlights of both um, it doesn't seem like I missed a lot, so yeah, it's, it's really nice to know that when I left to when I came back, things are still about the same. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll say this: if you're an American, I guess you missed a lot in the American soccer world because the past two weeks, all of the Americans have played really well, despite America as a country sucking at soccer. So you missed that. Shout out to Christian Pulisic, who had a hat trick the other day. However. And um, assisted against us. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And however, America, our dogs are legit. I guess. Yeah, we have really awesome dogs. Like, not Georgia Bulldogs. No, like. Because uh, they lost while you were gone. Ones that. No, 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 they didn't. They didn't play. So. Well, they won and then they didn't play. Oh, I thought. When did they lose to South Carolina? But I, I was, was that, so I thought, but we don't oh, have okay. to bring that up. That's true. I mean, Oklahoma lost, so we got that going <laughs> yeah. for you, too. No, I, I mean, we have awesome dogs that kill terrorists, so that's nice. Oh, oh, okay, <laughs> you're talking about... Oh, dude, you think people listen to this podcast for politics? This isn't Deadspin. Yeah, true. <laughs> okay. That was good. Yeah, that that's was a, good. That's a, that was a layered joke for some of you guys who follow the media yeah. industry. <laughs> hey, shout out to Deadspin. Even though I, I dislike their coverage of SB Nation... It's a necessary site, so shout out to them. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we'll get into the news now and, and bring it on back to how it used to be. Uh, the first one is not only am I back. Wait, Greg. Oh. Greg, you forgot one of the most important things that has happened uh, since you were gone. What's that? That we are now the most oh, yeah. five-star reviewed podcast oh, yeah. that's Newcastle-related and we are, what are we, two five-star reviews? From, we are. 
doing our first ever giveaway. Yes. With CHN Radio. It is true. On Apple Podcasts, iTunes, we are the most reviewed Newcastle United podcast of all of them out there. Uh, so thanks for your support there. And yes, Elijah said it. Two more reviews away. Mm-hmm. And then check our Twitter at CHN underscore radio. Somebody's getting a giveaway and you're going to find out what it is. We just need two more five-star reviews. Yeah. That's it. It's simple. That, I mean, that's really it. it. It's very simple. We tweeted out the link to it. I mean, we've given you guys multiple instructions on how to do it. It's not difficult. <laughs> no. Just do it. Yeah. And Make your girlfriend do it. Or boyfriend. Yeah. Or wife. Or husband. Or dog. Mom. Someone's got to do it. Grandmothers. Grandmothers would be happy to do that. Yeah, my grandmother did it. Oh, and so sweet. I think this is the first thing she's reviewed on Apple yeah. ever. Probably ever she's reviewed, period. Wow. Big, big news. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, congrats to us for that achievement. Uh, <laughs> so, not only am I back, but so is Florian Lejeune. Oh, nice. Nice transition yes. there, Greg. Lejeune played today. He played for our lovely U23s. It was a 2 2 draw against Middlesbrough. I like saying it like that, Middlesbrough. And, um, okay. and he did well. They played him on the right side of two center backs. He's a lefty, but he's comfortable on both feet, and he showed multiple times that he's comfortable back playing in the field. He, like, shrugged a few people off the ball. He was active. He even, like, dribbled it from his own box to about midfield at one point. Uh, made some good, just good, solid plays, and I saw a lot of things on Twitter. I wasn't able to view the match. I just saw some clips. But um, I saw on Twitter that a lot of people were saying that he was very vocal and shouting out the youngsters and uh, really taking that leadership presence there. So it's getting closer for him. I I think for him it would probably be after this next international break. No sense in in rushing it yet. But it's good to know that he's pretty close to ready, right? Yeah, I'd imagine. Um, Yeah, I think after the new – the international break is a hundred percent the move. It's one of those things where it's not worth risking him playing beforehand and Newcastle have managed to do well without him. Um, our defense has actually not been bad. Uh, this, I mean, in recent weeks, it hasn't been bad. So yeah. uh, Yeah. Ish. Yeah. It's (laughs) something I wonder, like I bet our expected goals against is very high. Yeah, I'll have to look at that, actually. I'm surprised yeah. I don't ha- bring expected XG stats into our conversations that much. So I'm gonna need That's that. a very MLS stat. That's such an MLS stat thing. Like, I feel like everyone who covers MLS teams throws the expected goals thing out all the time. Maybe, yeah. Um, check out. So he played 45 minutes. Uh, their next match will be on Monday the 4th of November against it's a way to Aston Villa. I'm not sure if Lejeune will travel for that. Um, and then they have a Premier League Cup match home against West Brom on the 8th. Um, so they're also playing in the League Cup against, or what, what's it, the EFL Trophy. I can't remember the new sponsor for it. It changes like every year. Um, and that's, all, that's against Port Vale. So there's a couple matches before the international break ends. There's three that he'll he'll have a chance. I don't know if he's going to play in any of them, but 
Uh, it'd be nice to see him get a full 90 minutes in before he returns to actual Premier League match action. So, But good good for Florian. We've had this same conversation before <laughs> on the same injury. But uh, I... Around the same time, Around too. the same time, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, shout out to us. Um, a fake BS meter. Are we getting Papi Cissé? Man, that would be fun. That would be fun. Oh, hell yeah. That'd be so fun. Um, I, he was offered, and it was a thing. Like, and on Sunday, I would really Saturday afternoon, slow news week, and then today it was not a thing. So yeah, it turns out they were sick. apparently offered him. He's thirty four, which I thought he was much older, and he's still banging goals somewhere. So. Uh yeah, he is at Alanyaspor in Turkey. He's mm. played in nine matches. And he scored nine goals, and he has a goal every eighty-nine minutes. That is absurd. <laughs> yes, he's played eight hundred and four minutes and has nine goals. Yep. Well, can't. It's hard to argue with that. <laughs> he's he's snapping right now. He's a leading scorer in the Super League. Yeah. Um, is he starting every match? I'm assuming. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> So, nice. so it's going pretty well. Well, hey, he might be brought in in January when uh, Andy Carroll is injured. So. Yeah. Or and he'll take the number nine shirt. From or we'll just like take a midfielder out and Jolin Tune out, and then we'll just bring Cisse and um, Carroll in and run a four four two and just go for it. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say bring in Cisse and find Remy Cabela and. Devil Ba. <laughs> get the whole, yeah, get the whole gang back together. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> um, now, talking about former players. Oh. I would say Perez. He and, is and a former player. Yeah, if you're new to this podcast, there has not been a podcast that's been more supportive by Jose Perez. Um, True, yeah. yeah. Uh, we are his biggest oh, fans. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so we oh, wanted to thank him fans. for taking us out of the relegation zone. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's I mean that's huge for us with the hat trick too. Nonetheless, yeah, he, that, that's his second Premier League hat trick. His first also against Southampton. Oh, so it was, it's just team of destiny, Southampton. <laughs> yeah, team of destiny to get scored on with the hat trick by Isaac Price, kind of like Sergio Aguero with Newcastle. Yes, <laughs> like Sergio Aguero is just bound to score against Newcastle. Yeah. It's just like it happens. It's supposed to. It's that's how life works. For a second there. Um, I also didn't get a chance to watch the match, but from how I, I heard he was playing, that he, I thought that there was a good chance that he was going to be able to outscore Newcastle this season in an entire match, uh, which it's not that hard to do um, compared to other teams, but he was on pace. Yeah, here's here's something interesting. Um, so uh, the whole reason we brought this up is that Ozil Perez. Uh, in an interview um, was talking about uh, how he um, how he actually in, enjoys like you know Newcastle and the city and you know Leicester's not as great as Newcastle in terms of that um, but that's all huh? obvious yeah which is yeah it was a given that's not the important part the important part actually comes if you dig deeper into the full it was your press uh, post-match pressure post-match presser and um 
he is seemingly, I would say, discontent with his role on the right wing at Leicester, um, which is interesting. Um, Greg, do you have any thoughts on that? I mean, him playing as pretty much more of a, a winger than he probably has ever played um, under Rafa, at least. Um, I would. My only comment really is that he really doesn't. This, somebody should talk to him about what to say to the press. Yeah, he's he like very constantly upset. talked about wanting to leave Newcastle while he played at Newcastle. Now he's at mm-hmm. Leicester talking about how Newcastle is a better city than the team he plays for. <laughs> and now, and then he's also upset. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, maybe he's just like very straightforward and honest person. And it's just like, look, here's how it is. And I don't care what you think. Um, so that could be it. But uh, I don't know. Is like, he, it's is not, he trying to not be a concern Zlatan? for me anymore. Um, they can play him wherever, wherever Brendan yeah. Rodgers thinks. I mean, so, you look at the Premier League table, and uh, I don't think Brendan Rodgers cares what he thinks because they're third place. So clearly, yeah. whatever he's doing is is working. And it's not like he's well, bench ridden; he's playing every match. So, sure. he's clearly, I mean, clearly not doing a bad job. They're two points behind Man City for second. It's true. Yeah, it's Zlatan. That's Iose Perez's lot on. <laughs> yeah. Essentially, the Premier League needs Iose Perez commenting <laughs> in order for them to have good ratings. Uh, yes. So, okay, that's that's perfect. So, I I can't wait for the. Well, he already did try to choke somebody out, didn't he? Oh. Iose. Yeah. Or Zlatan. Yeah. I, or well, I Zlatan definitely. He yeah. always goes for the throw. I'm pretty sure Zlatan's. Definitely throwing his body around a if, bit this season. If Zlatan ever reaches his arms out, it's for someone else's throat. But Iose yes. tried to fight. I can't remember. He went after. Oh, it was um, Everton. The Everton match. Mm. He went after people after the match. It wasn't that long ago. So now we just need some some more of that. Maybe maybe he says like maybe if he said in his next profit press conference like. Not only is Newcastle a better city than Leicester, but I'm a better city than Leicester. Then that would be pretty zlat on it. Or just he's or him saying Leicester needs me. Before they had me, they were not a top five team. Leicester was not a city until I arrived. When yeah. I leave, it will be a town. <laughs> Jamie Vardy, <laughs> Jamie Vardy. I made Jamie Vardy who he was. Yes. Gosh. Yeah, dude. Oh man, Re- Rebecca Vardy is... was the most popular Vardy until I arrived. Gosh. Man, that was that was a whole that was wild. I, I'll say this as we close because we kind of talked about Zlatan. I can't wait for him to leave the MLS. He's ridiculous. Like I, at first it was fun, and now it's just like a, it's obnoxious, and I don't like it. And I I think I would like it if he was stating facts, but he just is just making up stuff. Like that's just not true, and that's annoying. So shout out to Zlatan, and shout out to future MLS player Iose Perez. There you go. And Akraf Lazar, who also will be a, a future MLS player. Guarantee it. Just perfect. He's literally made for Orlando City. <laughs> like, I'm going to I'm gonna text someone. I, actually, I don't have any contacts for Orlando City. I'll tweet at them. Sign Akraf Lazar, you cowards, and see if they do it. Do it. Um, Elijah, do you have a BS meter for me? Yeah, uh, so... 
Newcastle um, are apparently interested in using one of their domestic loans, which, you know, Newcastle, if you know Newcastle, they are a huge fan of the domestic loan, uh, you know, situation we got going on in England. And they would like to use a domestic loan on a player that is, of course, very promising, a player who we've seen play a little bit of Champions League football this season. And I believe he might have actually played against Newcastle in the Chelsea match. I cannot remember. But uh, Reese James is the player, a uh, young right back. I think he's 19, I want to say, 19 or 20. Um, very promising player, a player in which um, everyone, I think, every Chelsea fan, kind of similar to Tammy Abraham, they want him to do really well. He's a very attack-minded, kind of more of a wing-back type uh, fullback. But, yeah, that think Trent Alexander-Arnold and Newcastle are thinking that they have a shot at bringing him in on a loan deal in January. Greg, what are your thoughts on this? Um, yeah, so I, Reese James, you you are correct. He did play for Newcastle. He played sixty seconds in the match, tallied one mm. minute. Um, yep. And then he played against Burnley in their last match for the last twenty-five. Um, but yeah, definitely a promising player, primarily a right back. Uh, but he's seems pretty diverse because. Uh, he, I know he's been used as a D mid and center back before, but so he has a lot of mobility. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know what the chances are to loan him because of Chelsea's ban. Like, obviously, they can sell or loan him to us, but they can't bring anyone to replace him. And if they're starting to use him as a sub, and I just I just pulled up transfer market and it looks like so he had an ankle injury the first or five weeks of the year, and then he they deployed him with the U twenty rounds, and then they put him on the bench, and now he's starting to play again. Um, and obviously, he played in the Premier League. He's played in the Premier League two. He's played in the Champions League. So he's kind of been all over the place, uh, but he's now playing, which is yeah. I'm not sure if Chelsea's going to get rid of that asset at this point because of their hands are kind of tied. In in doing replacement so if they feel like they need him for depth purposes i'd be kind of weary and them getting rid of him but i'm going to say as far as a bs meter goes that there's a legitimate shot at at this happening um i don't know why newcastle wants to take more risks with chelsea players at this point but um and also why they want another right back but yeah but that's i'm gonna say the bs meter is not that high Here's my thing about this whole rumor is that Reese James fits into what Frank Lampard's kind of been preaching this whole season um, of like pretty much being patient with the younger players and giving them opportunities to prove themselves um, and eventually them working their way into the lineup. That's how uh, Tammy Abraham found his way in the lineup. Uh, Callum Hudson-Odoi before this past weekend was a damn near every week starter after having, um, you know, a somewhat flashes of brilliance last season. Like, and of course, Christian Pulisic is the perfect example of this. Of He's going to keep guys involved and on the bench and in training, training with the first team until they're ready. And I think that's kind of what's happening with Reese James. The big barrier for Reese James is that, of course, Chelsea's captain, Cesar Azapacoleta is a right back, so you got that working against him. But then again, 
you, Caesar is has to be north of 30, I'd imagine. Um, let's see. Yes, he is 30 years old. So he's 30 years old. He's, you know, in an attack-minded kind of fullback way. His career is kind of coming down to a little bit of a close. And so it makes a little bit more sense to start incorporating Reese James into the squad, if not for this year, for next year. So it doesn't really make sense to loan him out from Newcastle. With, like you said, no real replacement. And then from the Newcastle side, I just don't understand what Newcastle's play is here. Like, yeah, he's a good young talent, but, like, you're not going to end up purchasing him. Because it's going to be so expensive to buy a talent like Reese James, who is proven prospect and is British. So um, I think it's a little bit higher in the BS meter because it just doesn't really make sense to me, for either team. I don't think Chelsea want to let him go. Uh, and I don't really think Newcastle have a reason to bring him in. I guess Newcastle do, but I just don't know like, how he fits, where he fits, all that kind of stuff. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think there's... I mean, it doesn't hurt to bring somebody in. But you know, it's going to be the same thing. Like When we loan a player out, we're going to expect that. Or they're going to expect that... A player plays <laughs> so yeah. we just have to assess like and make sure that this player is going to come in and make an impact and then like we're gonna i want i'm gonna want to sign that player so well he did well in the championship last year he was at wigan yeah no he's great in the championship that's just why everyone was so yeah um excited for him this season and i mean he honestly in what i've seen from him the limited minutes I've seen from him, he's looked like he belongs in the Premier League. It just looks like they're getting him up to speed on tactics and things like that. Just that kind of stuff. And then again, their captain is right back. So, I don't know. Yeah. All right, last bit of news. It's it's our favorite friend, the ball boy kid. Um, if, I'm sure you've probably seen it, uh, the video of the kid encouraging Almiron after he missed a pretty surefire chance. Um, and the kid was like kind of clapping, giving him a thumbs up and just like cheering the guy on and pretty much saying good effort. And, you know, I know Elijah's what Elijah thinks about this. So I'll just go first here. But um, it's just a nice, refreshing little take. And like there is a world outside of just the brutal world that is Twitter. Like if you go on Twitter after that chance and just search Almiron, there's the things that are being said about the guy are just awful, just awful things. And then you see this kid, this innocent kid sitting pitch side and he's like, it's all right, bud. Like you got this, like giving a professional player encouragement at like some of his lowest moments like that, that just like cheered me up to see that. That's, that's how things should be. And it's just a friendly reminder. That's like, you know what? Maybe things are going to be all right after all. Like maybe Twitter's not the real world because certainly Sometimes it's not a fun place to be on that that app. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, especially if you're not on Black Twitter. Yes, which everyone should be. Yeah, I'll, I, there's gonna be so many Newcastle folks listening to this who are like, "What's Black Twitter?" <laughs> it's a magical place. Trust me. Um, I mean, it's a kid doing things that kids do, and I think that it's all being blown out of proportion. Like, there's articles being written about it, and, like, st- who is this kid? Well, who cares? I mean, good for him. 
I'd rather focus on the fact that like Newcastle could have had three points and they pissed it away <laughs> just due to lack Heartless. of tactics and just terrible subs. Like, Elijah hates the just... kids. I mean, yeah, yeah. Let's. <laughs> I mean, if you know me, like you know, I don't really like kids who are under the age of like let's say ten is my cutoff. Uh-huh. I don't like kids under the age of ten. Like I love kids over the age of ten. Um, I guess the only kid I like under the age of ten is my cousin. He's nine. Okay, but. I mean, I don't know. I'm just not a huge kid guy, and so I don't find what that kid did to be that cute. So, hey, come and find me on Twitter. Fight me about it. I don't care. I'll fight back. <laughs> I, I I think it's a pretty awesome moment. You know, nope. if if they would have, if the camera would have just panned up three more rows, like if they or just panned over to the actual seats, and there'd probably be people giving him the two finger salute and. Like saying some pretty interesting words to Amaran, but this kid was like, he was behind him. Yeah, as all kids are with their heroes. Is Amaran his hero? Sure. <laughs> it's hard to hate Amaran. He's such a nice guy. We'll get into I, that. I wonder if Newcastle fans know that. Like the in terms of like. As a as a person, the things that he does and what he did in Atlanta, like why he was so loved, was more than just his play. That obviously had a big reason. That was was a big reason why. But he also just was like one of the nicest players uh, in the city of Atlanta in terms of celebrity and always taking pictures with fans, always trying to make the the day of so many people. Um, I mean, there's a lot of nice guys out there that Newcastle fans hate, and yeah, just like every I mean, fan, every fan base is that way. Exactly. But Philly hates Mike Scott for being a Redskins fan. Well, no. Philly loves Mike Scott. People have Mike Scott tattoos. Well, I'm just saying they tried to fight him. Yeah, so. well, that's those fans. That's that's how you guys show love? That's those fans in that city. But <laughs> the majority of Philly fans actually like Mike Scott. I'm just kidding, dude. <laughs> it's hard to hate Mike Scott. He's such a fun guy. Yeah. Now we're there's a lot of confused Newcastle like Newcastle sure. listeners now. They're like, Mike Scott, who's that? Just type because, in Mike Scott emoji tattoos. Yeah. And you'll you'll understand. Because we're off the rails, let's let's take a break and then let's dive into our match against Wolves. Right after this. One one. We looked good in the first half. We did it in the second. Newcastle United gets a point and is now out of relegation zone, not just because of goal difference. Elijah, how did how do you think we did? Just a just a two second summary. It, it's one of those things where you, if you look at the result on paper, you're happy with it, but when you watch the match, you're like, oh, yikes! So that's what kind of my thoughts on it was. <laughs> We could have walked away with three points, but we just didn't. Yeah. It's tough. It's a tough one. Um, Yeah, and it's now, I think, eight unbeaten for Wolves. But they're, like, struggling so much. That's that's a pretty impressive stat. Um, Okay, so the lineup. uh, Elijah, what what were your thoughts from it? Any surprises for you? Um, geez, now I have to remember who is so exactly in the lineup. I'll read it off. I mean, we had... well, Cher didn't start, which was not that surprising because we heard about the uh, the injury to him um, that, you know. Yeah, we had, occurred outside of Dubrovka, then... we had Fernandez, Lascelles, Clark, Yedlin, 
Maddie and Sean, uh, the Dutch Destroyer, the Paraguayan Protractor, St. Gucci Max, and Golem 2. Yeah, I mean, pretty normal lineup, just considering Cher was injured. So, um, yeah, nothing to write home about. Yeah. Um, Yeah, just Fernandez, nice to see him. and, And Clark, I'm surprised Clark didn't score that header. Um, if Clark would have scored the first goal instead of Flazelles, that would have been incredible. <laughs> like, he barely plays, but he's still scoring goals. The bench was interesting because we had uh, Darlow, Paul Dummy, Kraft, Shelby, Atsu, Gale. And Muto. Don't forget Muto. I said Muto. I, I just said it. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> I didn't hear it. It kind of died out at the end. Oh, okay. Um, so Important it was... player for us. Yeah. It was a three four two one, so the usual formation there, the the Rafa Benitez, and in the beginning it was pretty domin- dominated by Wolves, just the ver- like the very beginning, and then we saw a new thing, which I was like, we've done it a very like couple times with Rafa, not a lot, but Newcastle started pressing, and I was kind of surprised about that. Like, w- wait, what's going on here? Like, we're not a pressing team at all but I, I i liked it and wolves were really um like surprised by it and it caught them off guard and they lost possession and joel and tune like did really well in that press so he was like very active getting on the ball um he him and almiron seemed to be linking up and that's where almiron was getting a lot of a lot of chances uh almiron was making fernandez and almiron were getting a ton of interceptions and we were pushing like and from there i'm i'm thinking like from the press it's like holy crap like this could be the thing and you'll see uh, it's very it's a red bull way like if you look at any of the red bull teams and the philadelphia union did this in mls and i'm just speaking from what i'm familiar with but like that's the way some of those less talented teams win they press extremely high up the pitch and they create opportunities for themselves on the counter because of it they get turnovers odd man rush to the net and they score and oh, I like how you threw some hockey terms in there. Yeah, um, odd man rush. So, no one in football says that. <laughs> well, I just did. And then, yeah. um, so we had a couple pretty awesome looking counterattacks. We, Almiron was like extremely involved in the beginning. Jolentoon was doing the right things. If he was too far outside, he was passing the ball into the attackers. It was looking really good. And then we got the goal. Um, it was off of a corner, and um, I guess Mitch. Well, I'll talk about the goal, and then we'll go into Almiron. Uh, but you—they left Lascelles unmarked. He gets right in front of a defender, right in front of him, and just bangs it in the net. It was beautiful. Um, it like Newcastle was for for twenty-five minutes the better team, and Lascelles got in there and and. Got a deserved goal. Any any thoughts on that play? I mean, it's bang bang play. Uh, like you said, I think the big the big takeaway from the first half was the press, and it's something that I would like to see employed because you have a front three that's willing to run. Yes, um, and I think that's that's I, if there's any takeaway for Bruce, 
I think that's the best way for him to get the best out of those front three is that like they're willing to run and they're willing to set up each other. And you have uh, you have midfielders, if you look at it across the board, whether, I mean, Isaac Hayden will be back for the next math, match. I'm assuming he's coming in for Sean Longstaff, um, which, of course, we'll talk about that later on. Um, you have a solid defense who you think defends a little bit too much, but that's almost at your advantage when you have, if you employ this high press with your midfield and your uh and your front three. So I think you have the 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 guys with the energy and dedication to do so. It's going to be whether or not Steve Bruce is smart enough to employ that tactic, and if he does, what's the the tactical plan once we win possession, or what happens if we're beat over the top? Like he's got to have backup plans, and I think that's that's the only kind of hesitation we can see. But I think that's one of the things that um I have to give Bruce credit for is that it's, like you said, it's something we really hadn't seen from the Newcastle team before. And it seems like a Steve Bruce adding his own wrinkle into predetermined tactics, which is actually something that's really smart. And I don't know, I have to give him a little bit of credit for that. The goal is, you know, it was coming just due to how Newcastle were playing and the chances that they were they were getting. It was bound to happen off of a corner or something like that because it's the Newcastle way. Yeah, Um yeah, the press is also good for Almiron, and you could see how involved he was in the beginning. No, like there's a lot of criticism for Almiron, and we are going to get into that. But no, no one else on this team is going to make those runs and get those chances. No, nobody else, uh, and like not even Saint Gucci Max, because he makes those runs on the ball. He doesn't do that off the ball, and yeah. that's that's the value. Like I do, uh, you know, I'll admit this. I do think there's we we should probably think about not starting him and bringing him on as a super sub um, in a late game situation. But uh, like the press pressing is going to prevent him from dropping back in defense and defend. If we just bunker, he's going to drop back and be in like the corner flag with DeAndre Yedlin defending. But what the press does, it keeps him up and it keeps pressing those center backs and he's way faster than all of them. So they kind of panic and that's what it was doing. It was allowing Joel and Tune to get more involved, and Almiron making those off-ball runs that gave him all those opportunities, and that's why he was so lively in the beginning of the match. Um, yeah. So it's a, for tactically, I think it gets Almiron more involved and gets him more of that opportunity to, to break this awful streak that he's on where he's probably the worst finisher in the Premier League at this point. Um, well, there's Christian Atsu. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's always just, Christian Atsu, the, the almost scorer. This is off record, but literally, I was playing FIFA the other day with Newcastle, <laughs> and I sent Greg this clip. You and Christian Atsu literally missed. Like I, I, it's some of it. It's you can't attribute to to user error. It's just Christian Atsu missed a sitter where he tried to go to the far side of the net, and it hit the post, like on the ground, hit the post. It's just like this is classic Christian Atsu almost scoring. Yeah, and I don't know. It's it's just it's destiny. That guy <laughs> is just never going to score. Yeah. And when he does, though, it's just, like, absolute bangers. Like, that free kick he had, I think that was last year or maybe the year before. Just absurd. Yeah. Yep. Um, so then that miss that Amaran had, and, and we were talking about the kid earlier, uh, it was it was just that. He took a pretty heavy touch um, into the box, making a great run on a high-press situation. And if he would have just, like... Took a little bit less on the touch and then just give it a nice little toe poke. 
it probably would have gone right underneath the keeper's legs and, and been an easy goal. That would have been number one. But instead he took a little – he got excited, got a heavier touch in, and banged it into the side netting. And that's where – just that's the frustration is he's just making like just really like subtle mistakes right around the net, and that's causing him to, to not get his goal. Uh, and it's – I think it's really killing his confidence because every time that happens, he's – I don't know if he's questioning himself, but I mean, I don't see how you couldn't be at the same time. Any comment on that missed goal? Yeah, I think um, there's questions about whether or not Miguel Amaron is primarily quality. And like you said, there's elements where you see him in the press and it's like you can tell the guy is primarily quality, but then you have the, the moments where he doesn't finish and it kind of begs the question, is he able to make it in this league? And I mean, obviously we know my answer is yes. I think he can, and it's, it's and it's if he's put in the right position. But he's not doing himself any favors by missing one-on-one chances for multiple weeks in a row. And it's just, it's kind of sad to see because you know it's it's an all a mental thing at this point. Yeah. Um, he's scoring absolute bangers in training. He's doing well for his his for Paraguay and all that kind of stuff. It's just it's frustrating because he needs that one goal to get his confidence going and i mean that's what happened at Atlanta united too i mean i think people forget that for the first like 6 or 7 games miguel played he was just firing shots off left and right and then he finally scored one and became kind of that pass first assist kind of guy that we know and love um we knew and love in atlanta mm-hmm. so it's a uh, it's it's a tough thing but it's something that's not necessarily new in his career and I mean, I don't want to. I don't want people to write him off completely just for for stuff like this. When I believe he'll eventually score. Yeah. Uh, the second half started, and it was a little bit of flash from St. Gucci Max. But after that, it was all Wolves. They dominated possession. We stopped pressing entirely. Uh, we weren't getting on the ball at all, and Wolves completely controlled it. And they were getting their their chances as well. Um, Jota was absolutely terrorizing us, and sure enough, it was coming. Uh, Wolves got their equalizer, and it was Doherty. He was played into the box on the right-hand side, and he dinks a ball into the area. Dubrovka with a pretty bad error, error there. He came out to, to grab the ball, but he just deflected it, just one-armed it, and come on. What are you doing? And uh, it deflected out to Johnny, who put a pretty easy low shot into the net uh, and that made it one-to-one it was from do you have any comments on that play sorry yeah no it was it was kind of it was it was coming i just hated that it uh it, it came off a dubrovka mistake because it made it seem like dubrovka was the reason we lost this game instead of like the terrible tactics that newcastle employed and lack of substitutions that they had in the second half yeah um, shortly after that, the Dutch destroyer, Willems, almost mm. <laughs> he had a nice low shot that went just wide. Um, Patricio wasn't getting to that ball. Just saying it. Um, that was going to be a goal, but he just he missed it there. That could have put Newcastle up. And then right after that chance, the worst happened. Oh, Sean Longy, um, pretty high slide on Ruben Neves. It was a straight red. Um, I think, I think if that happened to Newcastle, I think fans would say it's a straight red. 
So that that immediately crushed things for us. And it was because of that straight red that we made our first sub of the match, which, Elijah, if you want to tackle both real quick, the, the red card and then waiting till 85th minute pretty much to get our first sub in, um, I'd love to hear, when we're getting dominated, I'd love to hear your thoughts on those two. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. Um, I mean, I think that, and to Steve Bruce's credit, the midfield wasn't great, but it's like, it's like they, I don't know what John Joe Shelby really offers you more than any either of the Longstaff brothers, and I get that part of waiting. But the other part is that, like, it doesn't make sense to wait so long to make a sub if you recognize that you need a change of pace and that your your players are getting tired. And I want to mention there. I don't. I gotta. I gotta actually look in my mentions now. But there are some fans who tweeted at me. Um, I want to say it was SMC Ultra was one of them. Um, but like you could make the argument that, um, and you can make the argument that that long, no, it was Will Watson, Batman's milkman. Shout out to him. You can make the argument. He says that that long staff red card was essentially a lazy tackle and not well thought out tackle due to just how tired he was after playing 85 minutes when, you know, typically he's not working as hard. There's not a press being employed, that kind of stuff. And so you get moments like those where it's like, I get that you want to keep this midfield because it plays how you want to play and it's a safer option. But really the safest option is to have the freshest players out there on the pitch, even when it seems like this game's going to end in a draw. So, I mean, that was weird. And then you go to 90th minute subs after that and sub off Matty Longstaff or I think Atsu. It was just a whole, it was a mess. Um, and Dwight Gale made an appearance, I guess. I mean, good for him. But, like, it just seemed like our substitutions were just substitutions that were made for the sake of they had to be made. And they were made way too late. Yeah, it was jo- Jolinton came off for Shelby. Then they switched to a 5-3-1 with Almiron on the left. And Shelby paired with Longstaff and uh, Gucci Max up top. And then Gail and Atsu came on for Matty Longstaff and Gucci Max. Um, yeah, it was, it was, we were, like the first half, I, I talked it up, but I was just very excited about the pressing. Like Newcastle were okay. They, they deserved a goal. I don't know if they deserved the lead per se, but they did enough to, to get the job done there. Second half, they were completely dominated. And then yeah. um, we could have easily lost that game after the red card, so we're lucky. Um, but overall, I guess we're going to take a point there, right? Is that how you're viewing it? Yeah, uh, we'll take a point. This season I think might it's be concerning. the we have to take a point when we get it. Yeah, I mean, and it's still a weird season even to this point. Like, I'm not really sure how Sheffield United, ter- Sheffield United are in eighth and – Everton are in 16th, but I mean, <laughs> that's how the season's going so far. And the commentators were talking about if Wolves, as as if Wolves were a like top six team, but Wolves are in 12th. So it's like it's a weird season. Palace are in sixth right now. Uh, Man United are outside the top six. I mean, West Ham's in 10th place. Tottenham's in 11th. Like it's just a weird season still. Um, and so I mean, picking up points, like you said when you can is always great. Yeah. 
On some quotes, Steve Bruce said, I was delighted the way we played in the first half and needed more of it in the second, but for some reason, we didn't play in the second half. We needed to gain composure and a football in the game, but we gave the ball away so many times and sat back too much. I wonder if uh, making a sub would have changed that. Uh, We forgot to take part in the second half. We said we wanted to win the second half as well. Second half, it was that horrible cliche of, of a game of two halves, if there ever was one. We've invested in strikers in the second half. They were feeding off scraps. We need to do better to give the players at the top end of the pitch chances. You know, it's, I mean, you're, he's not wrong, but, you know, you can do something about that, Steve. And you refuse to. <laughs> so yeah, I, I mean, don't I, understand you why you're complaining. That, <laughs> yeah, you could argue that it's your job to do something about that. Jesus. I don't. I don't know. I mean, this guy's an idiot. Um, <laughs> did you see his other comments? Uh, this is from today. Oh, no. Um, uh, <laughs> Steve Bruce. Um, let's see. I'm going to pull up the actual quote. Uh, Steve Bruce believes that he deserves respect from the club fan base to side, this, despite a tricky start to life on Tyneside. He... <laughs> um, Apparently, Steve Bruce uh, spoke to Sky Sports and said that he believes that um, that after his lengthy playing career and lengthy managerial career, he at a minimum deserves uh, respect from the disgruntled Newcastle supporters. I don't know why he's so, still uh, on about that. Like, just just focus on scoring goals because clearly I think that, we're not doing a good job about it. And, and if you focus on scoring goals, nobody's going to talk trash about you anymore. I'll just say no other manager in a relegation uh, fight anywhere in the world is saying, I think that the fans should respect me more. They have the understanding and I would say the knowledge and common sense that in order to gain respect from fans at a football club who is paying you to win games, you should win games. And so uh, I just, I don't, I don't even understand why you make those comments, Steve. Um, if you want fans to respect you, you have to pick up results um, instead of honestly playing the, the the Newcastle blame game that everyone's been playing of blaming someone else for the issues of the entire club as a whole. Yeah. Going to some stats now. Um, we That was the third straight home game against Wolves that Newcastle have gone down to 10 men. Um, the last time, last home match against Wolves, it was December of 2018. Do you know the Newcastle player that was sent off in that match? Uh, DeAndre Yedlin. Yes. And in 2016, do you know the other Newcastle United player that was sent off? He's no longer with John the club. John Shelby. He's no longer with the club. Oh. Um... He was a defender. 26. Uh, Sometimes a midfielder. No. Oh, Mikel, uh, Anita? Yeah. Brennan Anita. Good one. Um, yeah, that's a that's a good bit of trivia there. Yeah. Um, and that was LaSalle's first competitive goal of the season, meaning that he's joint top scorer for Newcastle. Hey, congratulations, Jamal LaSalle's. <laughs> Along with five of his colleagues... We have five players that have scored one goal. Yeah. 
Yep. Oh, well, we have six players, Jamal and five others. Yeah, we scored six goals. Okay. Um, six goals through our first ten games is tied for the lowest total in our entire history. Um, that record was actually set last season. <laughs> so, yeah. Unfortunately, we didn't invest all that money last season. Okay. Um, it's going to 538. Some stats for you. Some good, good. We all love some good, good 538 stats, don't we? Of course. Yeah. Who doesn't? All right. Uh, that's just me filibustering until I pull them up. How'd I do? Good? Yeah. I mean, it. as long as we have awkward conversation. Okay. Perfect. Then, yeah. <laughs> so, after that loss, Newcastle are expected to be relegated, according to 538. They have us sitting at 18th. At, on 39 points, they, for some reason, have us um, with a higher chance of getting relegated over Southampton, even with the goal difference, which is pretty crazy. Uh, so, they have us tied on points with Southampton, but below them. On goal difference. And then they have Watford and Norwich finishing behind us. So not a good start um, to the season now that we're getting to about a third of the way through. Uh, but there's plenty of room for that to change. And that will bring us to the Premier League table. Newcastle's in 17th. Southampton 18th. Norwich 19th. And Watford 20th. Um, Wolves with that point. They moved up to twelve. Any? I'll say any this. Yeah. Um, it seems I would. There's some teams on here. I, I. I'd I'd be hard pressed to see Newcastle lose to Aston Villa, Brighton, Burnley, um, Southampton or Southampton. Yeah, and so I mean, you at least got that going for you with some of those teams coming up. So yeah, Watford still hasn't won a game. So. That's a good sign. And, yeah, they've they drew with us. So. Yep, they have five draws, five losses, no wins. That sucks. Yeah. All right. Um, who is Elijah? Who's your uh, worst player for the match? Um, I mean. This is tough. Uh, part of me wants to go with the logical uh, solution, but I'm going to go with Miguel Almiron because I have personally high expectations for him, and I think that not all of it is his fault. But I think this is the this is the third match in a row where it's been a clear one on one chance, and he hasn't converted, and it's been the difference between walking with three points and walking away with one point or zero points. So I think he has to be called out um, by us on this pod. Cause I think that like we've done it maybe once before, but we do give him the benefit of doubt because Steve Bruce is using him incorrectly, but this is the one match Steve Bruce used him correctly and it gave him an opportunity to score and he didn't. So um, I have to put that on him. Uh, I mean, 
you can you can go ahead and say who you're going to say, and then I'll follow up with like if an honorable mention um, if you want. Um, I'm gonna put the worst player on Dubrovka. He made a crucial okay. error that led to Wolves' only goal. Um, honorable mention. That was going to be my honorable mention. Oh, Dubrovka. Doobie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a really tough error to to be making when you're up one nothing at home. It was a bad error. Yeah, that was. That was you bad. can't one arm across. Um, you gotta, you gotta either grab it or get in position. Because, I mean, he just put it out to wide open player, get left the net wide open too. So yeah. Yeah, and on that note, uh, Mirza sent us a tweet by Opta Joe, which is another stat kind of tracking site yeah. thing. Uh, among goalkeepers, only Asmir Begovic seven has more made has made more errors leading to goals than Martin Dubrovka, uh, six and since his Premier League debut in February 2018. Um, so that's not great. Um, no. To be fair, most of those errors came this season, so that's that means that Dubrovka didn't suck for that long he's just sucked this season yeah he's made a lot of errors so at least at least three of those came this he's also made some pretty pretty amazing saves Uh, this is in a lot of games this is another kind of a mls player comparison but a little andre blake in him oh yes andre blake who had the highest expected goal goals against of any like like goalkeeper in mls history who somehow Led Philadelphia to, you know, winning a playoff game. He is incredible, so. but yeah, he like in that game he gave up those three goals by himself. Like there were three yeah. errors in the game, and they still won. Insane. Uh, I, I, but but that's kind of what reminds me. Like when on Dubrovka can be one of the best goalies in the world, and then he could do this and cost us three points. Like, yeah. and I'm just talking about this season. No, yeah, it's true. I mean, there's been times last season, but it wasn't as big of a deal. Um, I also want to point out that Steve Bruce just, I'm sorry, but, you know, I get Dubrovka made an error, but Newcastle shouldn't, you shouldn't be in a position as a team to which, like, if you make an error, if your goalkeeper makes an error, you lose the match. Like, I think Liverpool is a perfect example of this, where, like, they've had multiple keepers Alisson, Karrison, Karius, I mean, you name it, who have made errors in matches, but they still walk away winning 3-1, 2-1, 4-1, whatever it may be, because tactically you have an answer and you're able to score goals, and I'm not seeing that with Newcastle, and that makes errors like Dubrovka's way more costly, where in seasons past, it may not have been as costly because Newcastle already up 2-0, or they, you have faith that tactically Rafa was able to, going to be able to navigate us to a win or drawing the match back up. So I think Steve Bruce deserves a little bit more slack. Um, I know we've been laying it on him pretty thick, but he doesn't listen to this podcast, so it, I don't care. Oh, no. Steve Bruce definitely, definitely listens. Um, no, he writes. He doesn't listen to podcasts. He just <laughs> writes books. Um, the best player for me is Jetro. Okay. The Dutch yeah. destroyer. He was good. Yeah, I I think he he played a tremendous game and really showed a lot moving forward, uh, which is always going to help as far as like we need more people to get as as our manager says we need to get Joel and Tune more service and him coming up and playing like he did every week is going to do that. 
He's another guy that's really fun to play with in FIFA because he's so strong and so fast. Yeah. Um, but that's just a random tidbit. I'm going to go Federico Fernandez, who stepped in uh, for for Fabian Share and held his own. Um, maybe there's there's a potential that he could have had a red card early on. But other than that, I think he played well. He was all over the place defensively. Um, he had a couple clearances, um, technically had an assist. Uh, very accurate with the ball, created two chances, um, had a block shot, had a lot of passes, just was really involved, um, and was one of the few kind of bright spots from this uh, this match. Yeah, had a lot of interceptions too, which is yeah, a lot always, of always great. Cool. It's good for your defenders to have interceptions. Yes. All right. Uh, do you have anything else you want to say before we head to questions? No, let's, uh, let's get on with the show. All right. We will answer your questions right after this break. All righty. Question time. Question time. First question from Toon Army okay. Denver at Mile High Magpies. Ready to have Gale start over Jolinton? Do you agree? Or no, he's saying I... like he's ready to have Gale start over Jolinton. Do we or agree. they, because it's a collective group, I'm assuming. Yes, they are ready. Are we yeah. ready? I, I don't think so. I mean, uh, Gale doesn't offer, to me, much more than Joel Linton has now. If if the way, the way Steve Bruce has employed his tactics, like, there is not a lot of strikers, if they follow the tactics that Steve Bruce has set for them, um, there's not a lot of strikers that are going to succeed, because... Steve Bruce's idea of tactics is that we need to provide service to the striker, but he doesn't actually create any tactics that allow for that to happen. Furthermore, Joel Linton is a guy who needs to have a bit of the ball, be able to make plays, allow the other um, forwards, uh, I guess wingers in this situation, to, to make runs themselves. I mean, what you saw during that pressing portion of the thing, and I think that Steve Bruce as bad of a manager as I believe he is, I think that there's certain things that if I as a common, uh, as a commoner can recognize, I would hope that he's able to recognize. So I don't think it's time to stop to, to sit Joel Linton yet, especially because I don't think the offense as a whole has looked good. It'd be different if like it was obvious that the offense is lacking because of Joel Linton, but the offense as a whole sucks. So I don't know if you can solely blame that on Joel Linton. I, you know what I say? More yeah, let's say. do it. Why? We're, Dwight Gill's terrible. Well, let's play. Let's let's play. Let's bunker in against West Ham in our next match. Let's start Atsu and Gale. Bunker in, and then okay. immediately starting the second half, sub Gale out. It will be. We'll either be tied zero zero or down one zero. Well, no, let Gale play like fifty minutes. Like give him a little run in the second. Half and then throw Joel and tune in and then do a double sub. Do Atsu and uh, uh, out for Almiron and Gale out for Joel and tune high press and let him go hard for like 25 minutes. We'll score three goals, win three to one. Yeah, it also just really funny. And two goals like, from Joel and tune, one goal from Miggy. Yeah, I mean, if you go at that route, what's going to happen is you'll have Jetro Willems and uh, Alan St. Maxman both dribbling in and taking long shots, which, you know, that's entertaining. Sign me up. (laughs) Yeah, sign me up for that. Um, So, yeah, that kind of answers it from Greg's perspective. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, I'm at this point we're not scoring, so yeah, why not try it? Like, it's one game, and if it looks awful initially, then you can just change it. Like, <laughs> and I guess, but I mean, we ha- you... have to change something. If they're not getting it done, it's on two things: it's either the players or the manager. And if you change the players and nothing changes, then it's the manager. So, yeah, uh, might as well just give it a shot. Um, yeah, um, uh, here's here's a quick aside because uh, I'm going to ask this now because it is related. Um, it'll be our ESPN Plus question of the night. If you want ESPN Plus, uh, please go to ESPNPlus.com and use the referral code Coming Home Newcastle. That's a new uh, ad we just inserted because we have that, I guess. So ESPN Plus is dope, by the way. It's got a ton of leagues. Not the Premier League, though, which is weird that they make us promote this. Anyway, um, there's talks that Joel Linton, uh, that he could potentially, one, sit during the West Ham match, and then two, um, which is, I think, more important, um, it seems like Newcastle are inviting him to move his entire family out to Newcastle uh, before the West Ham match. Um, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, there's some there's some camps that are saying this is something that will improve his uh, his confidence, you know, having his family there to cheer him on. Um, what do you think about that? Do you think there's any merit into that, or is this just like whatever? Move the family out there, see what happens, blah blah blah. I I don't know. I like. Is he close to his family? <laughs> I mean, I would imagine. I mean, he is 23, 22, so he's young. Um, and I know with younger players, it does help to have your family out there. Um, and I'm just basing this purely off of the long-form uh, multiple specials I've seen on Kristen Pulisic and him talking about how important it was for him to have his family out in Germany. Um, same with Weston McKinney, uh, two players who were holding their own and, and the in their respective leagues, um, you can argue. I'm willing. So I. Oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. No, I'm willing to try anything that works at this point. I'll literally and do Rondon, whatever it takes. And Rondon, they moved his family out there as well, and he started playing better. So I mean, I guess sure. I I'm, I I can see the logic behind it. Um, is is kind of my take on it. Is yeah, like you said, try anything to get his confidence back up, and having his family there is going to help with that. Yeah. For my man, Jolintun Casio Apolinario de Lira. That is such a dope name. Yeah. Almost his name is the coldest. I would <laughs> I would that, I would like that name. entire name on the back of his jersey, please. Uh one of those. Um, I I'm still over the coldest. That's the best name I've ever heard. Yeah. The coldest is his last name Crawford? Yes. The LSU the coldest to ever do it Crawford. Well, to uh, ever do it is not his middle name. It's yeah, but it's one it's a nickname and you have to have it if your name is the coldest. Yeah. It's just that just has that's just how it works. Speaking of nicknames, the oh. official questionnaire of CHN Radio. What a good transition. Trevor you, Greg. Mooney. At Trevor Mooney twelve. He says DeAndre Yedlin and Adama Traore versus Mike Ashley and Steve Bruce in a 100-meter dash relay race. But there are powdered jelly-filled donuts at the finish line. Which team wins? I mean, this is it, this is easy. There's only one reason Steve Bruce does press conferences, and it's because that the press conferences usually have jelly donuts in the back of mm. That is the only reason Steve Bruce does press conferences, and that is why he'll win this race. We're talking about a former Premier League player racing for the thing he loves, 
donuts and you're telling me that he's going to get smoked by two Joes who probably eat plant-based food? Come on. You think DeAndre Yedlin has eaten a jelly donut in the past two years? No, he probably eats Beyond Sausage. You know, something like that. Yeah. Okay? So, you, you're, I mean, it's it's got to be the Bruce-Ashley tandem. We know how Mike Asher feels about food. Um, he feels strongly about yeah, this Yeah, so. this is a quintessential underdog story here for Steve Bruce and Mike Ashley. And uh, when it comes to donuts, they'll do a lot of things. I don't think they're going to win it on pure speed. I, I'm counting on a DeAndre Yedlin-Treore false start. To end the end the race, or a Traore injury, which would be very unfair. Yeah, yeah, maybe like Ooh. crossing the lines or a false start, which immediately disqualifies you. Um, I think I think the intimidation factor of the jelly donuts at the finish line will will just scare Yedlin and Traore off the tracks. Yes, and real quick, while we're kind of talking about Traore and injuries, I just have to mention this because it is ridiculous. I had a kid in a group that I was leading this weekend. Um, he, he, he like tore his hamstring, uh, walking, jump, like literally climbing up his bunk bed. It was a whole thing. It was bulging the whole nine yards. The nurse confirmed that it was torn. And like, I don't know if anyone here has had hamstring injuries. Um, I don't know if Greg has had them or if any of our listeners have had them, but if you have a hamstring injury, they sometimes tend to feel like they don't hurt, but it actually is still torn and it hurts a lot and it will hurt a lot down the road. And that's what happened to this kid is that he tore his hamstring and it didn't hurt the next day that much. So he played three hours of basketball on it. So thoughts and prayers out to him. And I'm sure that Traore can kind of relate since, you know, he's got some injury issues himself. Yeah, he has a few. Um, yeah, there's a lot of bruising with hamstring injuries too. Yeah, uh, it's like a a very than, finicky. But it's because it's a massive muscle, and muscles have a lot of blood in them. Uh, not my muscles, because <laughs> they're not big. <laughs> um, all right, well, Elijah, do you have anything else? Yeah, I do have a question for you. Um, it is a good question. Okay. Uh, Steve Bruce said to judge him after 10 games. 10 games have been played. What is your judgment on Steve Bruce? We need goals. Yeah. Um, with this squad, 17th isn't good enough. That's where I'm at right now. Yeah, I have to agree with you there. I mean, um, it seems like Steve Bruce has not proven to me completely that he is um, tactically savvy. Um, his best wins have come employing someone else's tactics, and it doesn't seem like he's able to improve on those tactics, even though there are glaring holes um, in the way that we play. Um, and there are holes that could be fixed by, um, I don't know, Chris Woff is a perfect example of like a, a person who is not the manager that has presented clear solutions to some of the issues that we have. And, I mean, you can even argue our own, our very own Mirza uh, as well. He's also another person that's like can recognize some of the issues that Newcastle are facing in terms of how they create chances. And has been able to offer solutions that make sense. And it, it's so it's weird that Steve Bruce can't do the same. And I just hope that he's able to do so, um, you know, before the, I guess we're playing West Ham next, you know, do things like go to the pressing model. It worked like do that um, and do things like, you know, allow Joel Linton to drop deeper and stuff like that, or force Almiron to not defend things that make sense for Newcastle. And it just, I haven't seen him do the simple things yet. Yeah. Uh, 
Great question. Depressing answers. All right, guys. You know, that's typically how these podcasts go. <laughs> yes. And that will conclude episode 92. Whoa. Of CHN Radio. I am your host, Greg Troxel. That is the best damn co-host in the land, Elijah Newsom. Get us to two more five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. Do it, do it, do it. Enjoy this beautiful song. Oh, coming home to Newcastle. And away the lads. Looking at the old time bridge. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I may as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day. I'll meet for a bottle of your own brown hill. I'm coming home, Newcastle. If you never win the club again. The dog at St. James's Park If the gala gets into the rain I'm coming home And I'm proud to be a Jody And to live in Jody land Some people think we're bawdy And we're hard to understand And they say it's just self-pity And we're not so very tough Cause the people in the big fat city haven't had it off as rough I'm coming home, Newcastle, you can keep your London wine I'd walk the streets all day, I'll meet for a bottle of the River Tyne I'm coming home, Newcastle, I wish I'd never been away I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound in me mother saying, hey, how we I'm coming home The old blind busker who stands at Fenwick's door He plays a mean accordion, you've all seen him there before And I love the Geordie heroes, there's so many famous names Like Lindisfarne in Gaza, Brendan Foster in the Gateshead Games I'm coming home, Newcastle, I might as well have been in jail I'd walk the streets all day, I'll need for a bottle of your own brown nail I'm coming home, Newcastle, if you never win the cup again I'll brave the dog at St. James's Park, if the Gallagher's end in the rain I'm coming home, Newcastle, you can keep your London wine I'd walk the streets all day, I'll need for a bottle of the River Tyne I'm coming home, Newcastle, I wish I'd never been away I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound in me mother saying, hey, how we I'm coming home, Newcastle, I might as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day, I'll meet for a bottle of your own brown nail. I'm coming home, Newcastle, if you never win the cup again. I'll brave the dog in St. James's Park, if the Gallagher's end in the rain. I'm coming home.